Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where a racist douchebag gets unexpected karma. This happened to me circa 2004. Warning, this story is not funny. Malicious compliance of a different color. Change my life for the better. Still gives me chills. I'm working at the McDonald's drive-thru. No speaker. There's two order windows and a third pickup window. Charles is working window one. I'm working window two. Charles is black, ripped, tall, huge, has prison tats all down his arms. Somewhere around two ounces of fat on his body. Picture Terry Crews with darker skin and black tats to the wrists. Charles is equal parts charming, soft-spoken, humble, and ambitious. He knew where he'd been and was determined to change his life. Probably one of the best men I'll have ever met. Enter green minivan. We'd both taken orders at the same time and mine was long gone. Charles's order was taking forever. Probably four minutes just taking the order before payment. I came over to check on Charles. Before I get close, I notice he's blocking the frame of the window so I can't hear anything. It's an awkward position for him and blatantly obvious. He moves his hand out to me out of sight of the van and gives me the stop sign. Back off. I got it. Time passes. The manager on duty comes out to check the issue. He waves her off. She protests. I tell her to wait and see. Something is deeply wrong. Suddenly, Charles points the van down to the other window and leaps into action. He slams the window, shoves past us without a word, and races to the third window. The manager and I look at each other, check for other cars. There were none. Then, follow at a distance. The manager had been running the order, but Charles took over and personally handled every part of the order with the speed of a madman and the quality of a five-star restaurant. He grabs a new batch of fries. He has the cook triple-check each burger. He breaks the cardinal rule of the store and shows the van all the kids' meals toys we have for personal preference. Drinks and condiments are handed out, and Charles gives them a genuine smile and enthusiastically thanks them for being customers. Have a great night. We'll see you soon. Charles waits until they're out of sight before returning from the window and, visibly shaken, walks back to his register. The manager starts to fuss about an explanation she's owed, but Charles just says he can't yet. His legendary zen calm is severely damaged. After a few minutes to get a drink, wipe the sweat off his face and compose himself, he opens up. The van had rolled up. Charles had greeted them with the usual, Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get for you this evening? And his winning smile. The white father driving waits for Charles to finish and with a loud sneer had turned to his wife and for all to hear said, You order, hun. I don't talk to N-words. The wife turns to the two young kids, probably eight and ten. Impressionable. Learning. Watching. They'd locked eyes on Charles. They'd seen his tats. They'd listened to the hateful otherizing of those people from birth. Charles decided that he had it within him to reach for something better. Father be damned, he's long gone. Charles decided that he had a message for those boys. The wife patiently and sheepishly took the excruciatingly and needlessly complicated order from the father and then had to speak past him to Charles. Same for the kids. Light mustard, three pickles, etc. Perfectionism. Charles reached down inside himself for something that neither I nor the manager possessed and he gave the wife a genuine smile as he whipped out the order. The father knew he had been served a dish he thought impossible to serve. It was served with kindness and compassion and a compliance that defied everything he told them about those people. The kids both waved to Charles from the back of the van as their father pulled away. They liked their new friend.
Man, Charles is an impressive guy. If I were in his shoes, I don't know if I would have had the strength to not cuss out the father, so major dibs to Charles. Our next Reddit post is from Solaire Knot. A few years ago, I worked at a kiosk in a local shopping center, a mall for Americans, that applied a phone protector to phones. These protectors were absolute garbage for the price they were asking. If I recall, the iPhone 10 came out the Christmas before I started and it was 150 pounds to get it applied. So I wasn't all that keen about aggressively pushing the product. My supervisor, who was a friend of a friend, we'll call him Alex, was tasked to write up a work rota every Monday for the next week. This is important because I'd asked Alex if I could have four days off, but make up for them later as I was planning to go on a holiday and propose to my fiancé. And he spoke with everyone else to make sure they were okay working more days in a row if it meant that they got more days off as I caught up on my hours. One important note is that Alex would have to send the rota to the owner of the company, we'll call him Randy, for a verification and an hour check, as legally we weren't allowed to work over a certain amount of hours. So Randy accepts the hours and the fact that I have days off, but make up for them right after I get back. Which I did agree to because it was absolute hell because I was working from 9 to 5. Doing double shifts to make up the hours I'd lost, all in high temperatures with heat guns on full blast. A black hoodie, as it was part of the uniform, and nothing to drink or eat because it was against the rules to eat or drink at the kiosk. Looking back on it, I wasn't even allowed to have lunch during that week. Along comes the weekend, and all of my fiancé and my close friends want to go out drinking to celebrate the engagement. And considering the hellish week of work I had, I was down. It gets to about 3am, and I've been drinking heavily since around 7pm. And I receive a phone call from Randy demanding that I work the next day. Which means that I would have worked more hours than I was legally allowed to, which wasn't even on the rota. I explained to Randy that I'm extremely drunk and in no fit state to be going to work. There had been a few times someone had come into work after smoking a bit of weed, but this was an entirely new realm. Randy then tells me he doesn't care how drunk I am and if I keep drinking, he just wants me at the kiosk at 9am. I continued drinking throughout the night because I wasn't in the right mindset to be making smart decisions, but I remember clearly that Randy wants me at the kiosk for 9am. I get to the kiosk at 9 and Alex is already there with everything set up and can see that I'm clearly drunk and sits me down while he calls Randy asking why I'm telling Alex that I'm meant to be there at 9am, which I just keep muttering. Randy is furious that I turned up for work drunk and basically demands that I'm fired, which Alex refuses to do because I technically hadn't done anything wrong. The next day, I was rooted in for it. I walk up to the kiosk and Randy is there and fires me on the spot for yesterday, which he actually wasn't allowed to do because all I'd done was fulfill his request. I ended up with a huge payoff because, as it turns out, you can't fire someone for following orders, provided you haven't broken the law. Our next Reddit post is from Ships in the Night. I'm a student in Italy. Right now, we're all quarantined because of COVID-19, but universities are still holding lessons using Google Meet. We've been in contact with professors during the last week via email, WhatsApp, and stuff. And today at 9am, we started our regular lessons as if class was in session. This morning, our main professor, the one holding the most important lesson of our course, sent an email around 10am telling us he'll be holding his lesson tomorrow. We already knew this because he told us already multiple times in multiple emails, and in his message he wasn't asking for a reply. He sent this while the whole class was already connected with another professor and following her lesson, so we didn't reply right away. 
After an hour, he sent another outraged email asking why no one had replied to his super important message yet, considering we're all home and with nothing to do. We were literally following another lesson. All of us. Cue the malicious compliance. 50 to 60 people replying, Sorry, professor, I was following this other lesson. Got it, see you tomorrow. At the same time in our WhatsApp group. After the first 30, he just replied, Okay, I got it, you made your point. I told you it was nothing special, but we're easily entertained during this quarantine. Our next Reddit post is from Matty R. Jobs. My buddy from work got laid off for three weeks yesterday. He tried to tell HR and leadership it was a really bad idea because he was also in charge of a high-volume third-party logistics facility. Well, they did it anyway and gave him the choice of filing for unemployment or using vacation time. He decided to use vacation time. Fast forward to today. Customer service calls our offices, saying that nothing is shipping from the aforementioned third-party logistics facility, and it's going to shut down at least eight different customers. My boss informs them that the person handling the 3PL is laid off, and sorry, we don't have access to that facility in our ERP to help them, for checks and balance reasons. The vice president hears about it. Then my boss's boss. Then HR. My boss's boss comes in my office today to ask me to take over the 3PL for a few weeks and I lay out why I can't realistically do it on top of my normal job. I ask him why we can't just bring back the guy who did it in the first place because this sounded really important. His shoulders slump and with a deadpan expression he tells me, He won't do it. He's on vacation. Too long didn't read. Don't lay off critical employees just to save labor. I have a sneaking suspicion that over the next, like, two months or so, we're going to see a lot more stories like this one. And we have a similar contribution from Four Finger Filet down in the comments. My company laid off over 50 people, myself included. They got rid of some of the smartest and most important people, in my opinion, and then asked the team still there to, one, work seven days a week, and two, cut their salaries by 30% during this. I'm predicting they shut down before all of this is over. I'm glad I don't work there anymore. Our next Reddit post is from Hello. I'm a supervising cashier at a hardware store. The store closes in five minutes. A cashier comes up to me and asks me to find an SKU for some dryer ducts that have no barcode. I can't find the accurate SKU, so I decided to walk over and ask the customer what the price was, what the length was, etc. I go up and started asking him what the price was and couldn't even finish the first sentence before in a very aggressive tone they say, I already effing told her. I don't know the price. Now, if it's going to be this goddamn much of a hassle, either give it to me for free or I'll just go. I said okay to him and to leave the store and took the ducks towards the return cart. He responds with, really? You're going to do this? Yep, I sure am. Have a great night. He stormed out the door. Our next Reddit post is from Nightsaber. While I was at university, I worked in one of our students' halls. Basically a two-story bar that was subsidized by the government. Because of the subsidy, it was the cheapest place in town, so we would get a couple locals come in. To prevent this, we were supposed to check everyone had a student ID, but no one minded as the locals were usually polite and handled their booze better than most students. My manager, who was a local himself, would encourage locals to come and would either discourage ID checks or simply not inform new staff of the situation. He would often steal from the bar and would give free drinks to his mates. One night, he had a bunch of his buddies in town come in, have a drinking session at the bar's expense, paid for maybe a fifth of the drinks, till way past closing and beyond our license. 
This resulted in the police being called for a noise complaint and his boss, the hall's head, finding out. To cover his butt, he claimed that the group were locals that we, the bar staff, had happily allowed to stay, and then fudged the accounting for the night to make up for the free drinks. Because of this, he himself demanded we check every student ID, and the head took away some of our employee perks. The Sunday after all this went down, the pool tournament guys come in. These guys rotate which bar they go to every week between a list of maybe six that have enough pool tables and lounge space. I would personally served them a half dozen times. They make their way over to the bar, and the first guy is well into his 40s. Hey man, before I can serve you, I have to see your student ID. He chuckled and said something along the lines of, Do I look like a student? And proceeded to order. Look, I'm really sorry, but I've been told that if you haven't got a student ID, I can't serve you. He started to realize I wasn't just messing with him and looked to the other members of the staff who reiterated the point. Are you serious? We've been coming here for years. Yeah, sorry. The manager is cracking down on the only student's rule. I can grab my supervisor for you if you want. My supervisor was also a student and explained the situation. He said he was sorry for the inconvenience and that if he had any complaints to call the head, my manager's boss, and even gave out a couple of his cards that were in his office. The pool guys left, which meant no one was really in the building, so we ended up closing early. Next morning, I awoke to my manager screaming down the phone at me, but it was my day off, so I hung up and didn't go to work, as a customer, till past noon. When I did, my coworkers couldn't wait to tell me what happened. My manager had come in and had a shouting match with my supervisor in front of everyone grabbing a morning coffee. The head had indeed received some complaints, and scheduled a meeting with the manager that morning. Not wanting to face it alone, he took my supervisor with him. I imagine intending to throw him under the bus as much as possible. The head was pissed because A. All these 40-something men had called to complain to his personal number on a Sunday. And B. Because these 40-something men, by their own admission, had been coming for years at the invite of the manager, whom they knew well. My manager tried to save face and claim they were associated with the university that they were in fact lecturers. That it was the bar staff's failing to check for student ID all this time, and then turning on my supervisor, saying he'd given them a bad reputation, cost them money by turning them away and closing early, as well as laying bare every other mistake he'd ever made. My supervisor explained that it was never explained to staff that customers had to be students, as the manager actively encouraged locals to come in. That even lecturers get a form of student ID and explain to the head about the manager's drinking with his mates and the dodgy accounting he'd do. This led to the CCTV being checked. When the head saw that it was, in fact, the manager and his mates, that the bar staff rarely put anything through the tills at his request, he suspended him on the spot. He then said the accounts would need to be audited and that he would likely be terminated and even prosecuted. After a surreal couple of weeks, we got our perks back. They hired a new manager and eventually they installed locks in the door that could only be opened with a student ID. No idea what happened to the old manager, but by no means a loss. That was r slash malicious compliance and if you like this video then let me know by hitting that like button because it really helps my channel out.